Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Seeking Witchcraft. Today, I have on a special guest and author, Deborah Lip. You may know Deb from her many books on magic and ritual, but today we're going to be discussing her book, Bending the Binary, Polarity Magic in a Non-Binary World. Welcome, Deb, to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> I know, I know. And and I'm delighted to be talking about this book. This is, I don't know, Bending the Binary may be my, my uh, favorite book that I've, I've written, although we'll see. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I, I'm really proud of it. It's exciting to me. Yeah, well, I'm super excited to have you on and talk about this book when you and I were planning to have you come on, uh, just so the listeners know, and we were talking about uh, the plethora of books that you have. And if there was one in particular, I was excited to hear that you wanted to talk about this one because I realized I hadn't really had an episode even close to this topic about um, non-binary or in like polarity and this sort of... um, way to practice and and look at the occult. So I think this is going to be a really cool episode to be able to talk about this. All right. So I guess we should jump right in. So for those who may be hearing this and wondering like what we're talking about, I guess we should ask or we should start by by talking about polarity. And I guess I would say, so how do you define polarity? And is it how is it defined in the context of your book? And why is this significant? Well, if you start studying witchcraft, or reading some books about it, or even other forms of occultism, if you're looking at the OTO, or if you're looking at the Golden Dawn, or if you're looking at all sorts of magical systems, you're going to hear somebody talk about polarity. And they're going to start telling you it's super, super important. But sometimes it's very poorly defined. And very often, it's gender essentialist. In fact, they will say polarity and gender polarity as as if the two are identical. Um, And they will tell you how incredibly important it is. And they will leave you kind of confused, which is why I wrote the book. Um, I define polarity as an energetic exchange between two necessary um, and complementary components of the universe. And and that are in in some form of of energetic exchange relationship where um, they seek towards each other. Like, um, like protons and, and electrons in a, a, that power your batteries, right? And one example of that is gender, as expressed as a binary, right? Um, heterosexual males and females are attracted towards each other, and that generates energy. And there's a theory in the occult that gender generates energy just just by being you can just sort of stand there and have a gender next to somebody else who is standing there having a gender and by itself even even if you're not oriented towards each other that generates energy and the funny thing is that sounds stupid when i describe it but it's actually true there is actually an energetic um 
component to gender and it's and it can be used in this very powerful way but what happens is that a lot of people either feel excluded like i'm a non-binary person or i'm a queer person or i'm not heteronormative in some way so i guess that magic isn't for me or this this particular tradition of Wicca that talks about polarity isn't for me. Or on the other hand, they'll just say, oh, well, polarity is a bunch of bullshit and I'm going to throw it away and I'm not going to use it. It doesn't mean anything. And in my experience, neither of those is true. In my experience, witchcraft has lots and lots of room for queer and non-binary people and polarity energy can absolutely be a part of everybody's practice. So I started researching the history of it, where it comes from. And I started doing a lot of magical and ritual experimentation and how to work with it in ways that were maybe ignored in the past. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to talk a bit more about this. So one of my questions, I guess I should also ask now that we're starting off the conversation is, is this book for an intended target audience or is this for everybody? So I definitely intended it for everyone. I I wrote it so that um, it was as inclusive as possible. I didn't assume that you're a witch. I didn't assume that you're Wiccan. I assumed you're somewhere in the pagan witchcraft, Western occultism stream. It's if you're, if your path, for example, is Eastern occultism. It's probably not as applicable, but I think that there, that, I don't know, maybe you'd be interested in it. I didn't write it just for queer people, although I centered queer people because I know that a lot of, of straight people uh, participate magically in groups with queer people and are looking for ways to be more inclusive. So I, I kind of wrote it for anybody who is interested in the subject. So you mentioned that you did a bit of research before really diving into this book. So uh, I guess I want to ask, like, what did you find in your research? Like, what did you look into uh, to write in this book? You know, was there anything that you found that was particularly interesting? I I loved the research because I originally thought, well, I'm going to do a little, I'm going to do one chapter on where does polarity come from? And then I'm going to just dive into exploring how it manifests in the modern occult world. And I ended up loving the the, the research so much, it's about a third of the book now. And so what I found out was that polarity magic, as we understand it today, goes back to alchemy. So it's very, very old. And it's really rooted in the in the very beginning of modern occult uh, of Western occult philosophy and of Western magic. It it really goes back thousands of years. So that was an exciting thing to pinpoint. Like when did this start? And uh, I wrote a book um, a year ago called The Beginner's Guide to the Occult, and it was I was asked for that book to to do some research into alchemy and alchemy was a very difficult subject but when i finally got a kind of a handle on it and started figuring out what was meant by alchemy and and how it worked and and what the mysticism of it was then i suddenly realized that i could write this book like i'd been thinking about writing a book on polarity for years 
years, but I couldn't kind of get my arms around it. And then when I, when I did that research into alchemy, it was like, oh, and it, it broke wide open for me. And I started to see, um, first of all, alchemy made sense for the first time in my life. And I hope that the beginner's guide of to the occult, like will help other people understand it, you know, because I've been in the occult for, for 40 years and I only now understand it, this basic root subject. But when I saw that polarity comes from alchemy and, and part of what alchemy tells us is uh, that all of these binaries have to be broken down and recombined so that we can achieve wholeness. I started to see how incredibly queer that is and that was really exciting so from alchemy i wanted to trace the roots of like how did we get into like in modern wicca people will tell you you have to have a magical partner because you have to be in a polar relationship with a magical partner but what does that mean people won't tell you that they'll just say oh well you need a partner but they won't tell you why or what kind of energy that is or what that does. It's absolutely essential. You must have it, but they don't tell you what it is. So that question, like, what is this thing that I'm supposed to be doing, was what started the book. For years, I couldn't get my hand, my, my, my arms around it. And uh, the alchemy research was what kind of broke it open. And then from there, I was able to do research into the Kabbalah. I was able to do a lot of research into Dion Fortune. We have a little Aleister Crowley, all the, you know, all the rock stars make an appearance in the, in the sort of history section of this book to get us to where we are today and how polarity is perceived today. And then get into what to do with polarity once you find it, you know, but the research was just, I had so much fun with it. So would you say that it was the research of looking into alchemy, which kind of led you to understand this concept with polarity that inspired you to write this book? Or were there other outside influences that really pushed this book forward? Well, I, like I said, I, I was talking about writing a polarity book like 10 years ago, but I just couldn't figure out what book to write. I must've just sort of started and ripped it up, you know, 10 times. It was the alchemy that led me to understand kind of that I could write the book, that this was accessible, interesting, queer, exciting, modern, you know, I mean, there's some very old fashioned ideas when people talk about polarity magic, but it, they don't have to be. They can be very modern and very fresh and very much about inner transformation. And like, we all love that, right? Of course. Yeah. I, and I love that you brought up this topic of magical partners. That is something I hear about a lot, too. And a lot of people throw around like, oh, you need to have a magical partner and, and you have to be opposite from them. And so you have this polarity between the two of that, uh, or both of you. And I mean, but what does it actually mean? <laughs> you know, like, I feel like if I, if I'm looking for a magical partner, I want to make sure that we have some things in common and we're not completely polar opposites, at least personality wise. Otherwise we might not be working pretty well as partners, but I, I of course know that probably goes a bit deeper than just the surface level of personality, but I don't know. It's a phrase I hear a lot. And um, nobody ever like talks about it outside of just throwing that out that phrase out there if that makes sense 
Oh, that's that makes perfect sense. That's exactly the question that sort of started the book. Like, what am I doing with this partnership? Like, what does that mean? What is why is why do people emphasize gender so much in in witchcraft rituals? And is it necessary? And the that that energy that you just described where you want to get along, you want to be compatible, but at the same time, you want a little bit of push pull. It's like in a romance, right? You want a little bit of that um, contrast. You want a little bit of that. Um... I'll tell you a funny story. I did, you know, I work in the corporate world and, and, you know, they do those, those Myers-Briggs type personality tests, except they do them for, for business. It's a big thing in the corporate world. Like you take these personality tests and that's supposed to help your work life. And the company that I did testing with, they said that they had, thought of rolling it out for people's for people's like marriages or in their their romantic partnerships but it turned out you were just always basically married to your opposite (laughs) so (laughs) it wasn't that interesting (laughs) (laughs) and which on that specific personality test I am a hundred percent married to my opposite and it's finding that polarity is what what gets missed when people just make it all about gender because I'm married to a woman. So for some people, well, there's no polarity there, but there's so much polarity there. Just like we're an extrovert and an introvert. I'm a, 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 a spatial thinker and she's a linear thinker. All of these different ways in which we butt up against each other and are different from each other while at the same time being compatible and getting along, that's, that's a polarity energy. Polarity essentially is, like I said, in your battery, electrons and protons have to seek towards each other. Electrons move faster, so they do all the running around. And things that are alike, electrons and electrons, repel each other, and things that are opposite attract each other. And they come together, and that creates energy. It's actually the movement towards each other that creates energy. And then when they connect, they neutralize. So what you do is you put your battery in the middle of of this, you create the chemical reaction, and then you put whatever you're trying to power in the middle. So your vibrator or your toothbrush or whatever, your flashlight, (laughs) you get that in the middle. And then that energy goes, you know, those electrons go, oh, protons, and they run towards them. And then eventually, and they neutralize at the other side. And so eventually you run out of electrons and your, your chemical reaction can no longer happen and then your battery is dead and you need a new battery so essentially it's the same thing you're trying to figure out how not to neutralize that energy your partnership what you can do magically with a good partnership is figure out ways to not neutralize that energy until you've achieved your magical goals and there's basically uh, quite a number of ways of doing that <laughs> So let me ask you this with this conversation of polarity and, and such, do you think that this could still apply to solo practitioners or is this something more in like a group context or somebody with a magical partner should have a little bit more thought into this? Oh, I think it definitely applies to solo practitioners for a couple of reasons. So one reason is because we all contain multitudes you know, the, the ultimate polarity always exists within ourselves. 
right? You you are both yin and yang. You are both shaper and shape. We all have that within ourselves. So finding those polarities within ourselves, that's part of the work. The book includes exercises for groups and for solitary practitioners and meditations and journaling exercises. Um, most of the exercises focus on partnership or group because I think that's how most people will perceive polarity. But I think that there is a lot of room for solitary practitioners to be interested in the subject, first of all, because you're reading about it all the time and you don't want to feel like you don't know what it's about, right? Everybody talks about this and nobody else has written a book about it. People just mention it and, and then they move on as if that was enough information. And to me, it never was. I think that all of us could find those circuits within ourselves and create that energetic exchange within ourselves. Like one of the polarities that I identify in the book, because I, I, so let me back up and say that we are always taught in traditional witchcraft that the polarity is gender. And first of all, that's just not true. And second of all, that is, not very inclusive of people who don't express their polar their gender as a binary at all and don't perceive gender as a binary it's not some non-binary people are very comfortable flowing with the gender binary and you know they're they're gender fluid and they maybe move back and forth across something they understand to be a binary but some non-binary people don't perceive gender as a binary at all it's just more like a stew with like yummy carrots and pieces of beef and pieces of potato, but it's, there's no line. So, so that doesn't work for them. So are there other polarities? And I um, did a lot of work um, and a lot of meditation and identified other polarities that are, that are really sort of core. I almost want to say cosmic forces in the universe energetic flows that are really core to our understanding of, of energy all around us. So for example, one of those is passive and active. Now, every solitary practitioner is sometimes passive and sometimes active. When you do a witchcraft ritual, there are times when you are holding space and waiting and just being, and there are times when you are pushing forward. You have active energy within you and you have passive energy within you. And discovering that inner energy exchange will help you renew both sides of that flow and empower you. Yeah, I, I love that explanation and looking into that. I, I think that's a really cool way to consider this. So I, I want to jump a little bit more back to the book. So could you tell the listeners a bit of the breakdown of what's in the book? So I know you mentioned there's some history, there are some um, journal prompts and rituals and stuff, which I want to get into that a little bit later. But like, what else can readers find in this book? So I start with like, what is polarity? What isn't polarity? What is gender? What are, what are all those letters, you know, all the LGBTQIA, because we are going to be talking about gender. So we got to get there and we've got to just sort of create a ground. And, and one of the things that that does is it makes sure that every reader is on, is, you know, kind of caught up 
I don't assume knowledge that you may or may not have. So we sort of just create some grounding there by defining all of these things. And, and we talk about like really what is polarity, where does it come from? And then that just sort of rolls us into the history. So we get a little bit of alchemy, not, not enough to break anybody's brain, a little bit of Kabbalah, a little bit of occultism, sort of bring us up to the present day. Here we are, we're occultists. And, and from there I define six major polarities and there's dozens and dozens of polarities that that anyone can work with but i kind of group them into these six and for each of these polarities i talk about how that polarity expresses itself um gods and goddesses that could be perceived through that polarity how how human beings interact with that polarity like What's a positive human interaction of passive and active? What's a negative human interaction of passive and active? What is it like? Like one of them is dominance and submission. So that's fun. And, and I also corresponded to Kabbalah. And then for each of those polarities, there's one or two rituals, some journal prompts, some meditation. And then, so that's the fat middle section of the book. And the closing section of the book is, okay, what's next? Well, okay, now I've, I've learned a lot about polarity and I've practiced a lot with polarity. Now what do I do? What's, what's next for me? And, and that's, it's a shorter section because I want the reader to do most of the work. It's for you to explore what's next on your path. But um, there's definitely a lot of prompts and, and ideas as to where you go from here. I'm really curious about that one part you said of having a section about what polarity is not. Would you be able to speak a little bit more about that? Well, for one thing, polarity is not duality. Polarity is not everything. Like you will find teachers who say like polarity is absolutely the only source of magic. And that's not true. And you know what I say is, um, like when I was taught to cook, like I was, a, you know, you start, this is a literal quote. My stepmother said to me, start the onion sauteing while you decide what to make for dinner. And so I, you know, onions go in everything. So it turns out that you can cook without onions. I didn't know that, but <laughs> it turns out you can, but that doesn't mean that onions are bullshit and you should never use them. I love onions. I love onions. I love onions. But, but the, the, the point is there's a lot of people that when they figured out they could do magic without emphasizing polarity, they decided polarity was bullshit and they weren't ever going to use it. So polarity is not the only thing. Polarity is not the same as gender. Gender is an example of polarity. Polarity is not the same as dualism. Dualism is a philosophy and you can do polarity within dualism, but you don't have to ascribe to that philosophy of it doesn't mean that everything in the universe is one thing or the other. That's what dualism is. Dualism is a philosophy where everything is divided into column A or column B. And there is moral dualism in which column A is good and column B is bad. Um and a lot of people really assume 
that polarity is moral dualism and that there's a list of negatives and a list of positives. But polarity also isn't just the stuff that's on the poles. And that's really important. Like if you look at a globe, the fact that there's a North Pole and a South Pole implies that there is an equator and everything in between. And yet people think that polarity is one or the other, North or South, and that nothing else exists. And that's nonsense. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about the first couple of spells I ever did my first interactions with magic. I don't even want to say my first, but like a lot of my interactions with magic before I ever got involved with a group were had nothing really to do with polarity. If I had to say so myself, it was me finding things on the internet. And mostly if I did any work, work with a deity, for example, it was very female focused. There wasn't much polarity in what I was doing in the past. Except like one of the first polarities that like the beginning of maybe polarity philosophy in um in in western magical thought is the polarity of self and other and that's really really important and that's always present in worship there that that trin you know the energy exchange between that which is me and that which is not me that's part of what the worship energy is is you know, if you're worshiping the goddess, there's clear, if, if it's you're a woman worshiping the goddess and you identify as female and you identify the goddess as female, then there isn't a gender polarity, but there is a polarity called there's me and there's other, there's not me, there's, there's deity. And, yeah. and then when you talk about how to work polarity as a solitary, well, when you're doing that connecting back up into your own imminence, finding the goddess within that's completing that circuit and that's a polarity circuit yeah that's true that it, that i can't argue with that <laughs> and that's a really beautiful sort of energy and because people spend so much time talking about gender they lose sight of that beautiful energy yeah and and uh not to mention of course like gender and sex are not the same right yeah, but that's a whole that's, that's a whole that's a whole, thing. <laughs> that's a whole other ball of wax there <laughs> oh gosh okay well on that note we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Okay, and we're back. So, Deb, just to continue our conversation, I did want to ask, when you were writing this book, if you ran into any challenges or obstacles? I got some pushback. When people found out I was writing the book, I got some pushback from people who are gender bigots, from people who are transphobic and from people who are queerphobic and who felt that, 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 that there wasn't a place for the kind of writing I was doing in the occult community, but that was really much smaller than I thought it would be. And I was really kind of of pleased and proud of my community that that was such a tiny voice and and didn't really stop me and didn't you know there weren't like people trying to blow up my um my book reviews and and turn people against me or you know, any of that stuff that, that I had every reason to be afraid of because that tiny minority of people are very noisy and make you think that there's more of them than there are. So I guess related to this conversation, you know, as the understanding of spirituality and identity, sexual identity, uh, just identity in general, continue to evolve in our world. How do you envision the role of polarity magic adapting to these changes? Well, one of the reasons I wrote the book was because I didn't want polarity magic to just go away as we adapt to these changes. And I felt like there was a place for it. And I wanted to create a space for queer and non-binary people to celebrate polarity magic and experiment with it. And I think that the experimentation has really just begun and, and everybody is only themselves, right? I'm uh, queer and I'm cisgendered and I'm female. I can't speak for trans people. I can't speak for non-binary people. I can share my experience and I can share my experience with trans and non-binary people, just like I can share my experience with gay men. I'm not a gay man either. So I'm just one voice and I'm excited about more people from more backgrounds doing more experiments. And I hope this isn't the last, this is the first right book that is, that is inclusive about polarity. I sincerely hope it's not the last. Man, I hope so too. <laughs> I think that, you know, okay. So this reminds me of a conversation I had with uh, Dr. Amy Hale on a previous episode where we talked about this woman. And of course, uh, now in the moment, I can't remember her name, but we talked about how she had these really radical feminist ideas, but looking back, 
uh, or looking at it with the lens that we have now, her ideas are not very inclusive. They're not very, I don't know, our, by our modern definition of feminism, they're not very feminist. Uh, but back then, like that was so radical and that was so beyond what the norm was of how people viewed women and the things that they did. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see as the world evolves, as generations of witches come and go, how this view of polarity and um, gender and everything in this realm shifts. And hopefully we shift in a direction that is more inclusive of people because damn, just let people be people (laughs) the way they are. But yeah, I think it's going to be cool to see what this looks like in the future. And I I do agree with you. I hope that I, I think it's awesome that you wrote this book on this and that this is really just helping people out there to feel like they have a voice and they have a say in this and that they are important because they are. Um, And I hope that this trend continues where other people feel comfortable to talk about things like this. And then one of the, the audiences for the book, it turns out were people who are straight and are maybe even older like me and um, didn't know where to go with being more inclusive with their magic and were looking for a voice that was supportive of them. So, you know, I, I honestly know a number of middle-aged high priestesses who are straight and who don't have a lot of experience with, with uh, the younger and more gender fluid part of our community who very deeply are committed to being more inclusive, but weren't finding material that, that helped make that possible. I love that. I love that this is a good resource for people in those positions who want to meet their students where they are and and try to be the best teachers that they can be. And if that involves having to do more research and, and understand where their students are coming from, I think that's the markings of a great high priest and high priestess. Yeah, I agree. And, and I'm, I'm honored to be a part of that journey. Oh, I think that's, I think that's awesome. Okay. So with this book, I, uh, I wanted to ask, so you talked a bit about how there's some journal prompts and rituals and uh, including for group variation. Um, would you be able to share maybe like an example or so of what somebody can find in the book related to that? So there's a solitary ritual in which you emphasize the self other thing that we were just talking about. So there's, so it would be like the same solitary ritual that you would do anyway, but it shows you how to structure the altar and some of the things you say just to emphasize the polarity component of that so that you are conscious of the energy and you can leverage it more and experience it more. Sometimes these rituals are not doing anything that you wouldn't otherwise be doing there. You know, I'm saying take an ordinary piece of ritual that you do all the time, but every time you do something passive, stop and experience your passivity and then stop and experience your activity as, as you become active or your self other relationship. Um, There's a dominance and submission ritual. And I wrote two 
because my editor said, please don't just do a kink ritual. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously if you're interested in kink or if you already do kink, you know, and, or you're curious about it, then that would be a natural place to explore that polarity energy of dominance and submission, but that's not everybody. And, and so my editor came back and said, you know, you really talked very eloquently about how dominance and submission wasn't just a kink, how it was like a real energy in life. You have it all the time. Parents dominate their little children. And yet everything is always its opposite, right? Uh-huh. Um, children, children are the ones that are actually running the show, right? You <laughs> dominate your children by telling them what to do, except they're running your lives. Exactly. So, and, and every and that so that's a polarity exchange that's a self-contained circuit so she said you know you spoke so eloquently throughout this chapter about how it wasn't just kink and then their only ritual was kink and i'm like okay here we go here's a second ritual (laughs) you know and and there's so there's rituals for so the polarities that i identify are uh let me see if i can do this without the table of contents in front of me force and form self and other, dominance and submission, passive and active, day and night, and gender. The spectrum of gender, male and female being one example. Uh, the one that everybody is probably knows, but it really isn't the only, like my gender polarity at home is butch and femme. That's my marriage. Um, and I talk a lot about my relationship and how we are a same-sex couple, which doesn't look to the outside like polarity, but is for us. And, you know, I also understand that butch femme, even among um, same-sex female couples, is not the majority, but it works for us. So, you know, inviting people to find their own polarities within gender, but it's just one of and and of the polarities that I identify and then so there's there's a very mildly kinky ritual you know obviously if you're you're heavy into dominance and submission you don't need my help with that and so it's just to explore the polarity energy of whatever it is you're doing and then day and night is one of the the really fun ones where you're doing a lot of meditation on what your natural flow and rhythm is like whether you're a daylight person or a nighttime person and you know exchanging energy by exchanging time of day in like a ritual dance it's really a fun ritual that sounds cool And I also have a lot of bibliography. I felt that it was so important to footnote the hell out of this book because I knew that a lot of the material might be controversial and it might be confusing. So there's just a lot of bibliography. So if any of the subject matter in the book is is of interest to readers, they have lots and lots of places to go next. So if somebody is just getting started and interested in applying some of the ideas and concepts from your book, do you have a polarity form that you would recommend for them to start with, like force or form or 
dominant and submissive or looking at gender or just kind of go in order of the book? I, w- I would say that the like self and other is probably the origin of polarity philosophy. Everybody experiences it. Everybody, you, you we, we just talked earlier about how you're kind of already doing it the minute you sit down to worship, you know, and you think about that distance, like, why do the gods feel far away when I know they're within? And, and that, and, and trying to traverse that distance using polarity energy in that is very magical and very beautiful. I think a lot of people who have, who have partners by which I don't mean magical partners. I mean, you know, life partners, a lot of people might be interested in exploring you know, energy, erotic energy exchange as a polarity, by which I mean, basically sex magic. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's, it's right there, right? If you are comfortable with gender as your polarity, it's right there, you can see it, there it is, look, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm going by this thing. And, and it's, I think it's it's wonderful now that we're understanding that sex and gender are so much more than we used to think they were. And I think it's wonderful that we're understand that we're looking back at history and going, "Oh my god, yes, there were trans people a thousand years ago." But if that's not who you are, if if you are you know, a heterosexual person or or a cis person and you want to explore gender or sex as it exists in your body and in your relationships, there is nothing wrong with that. I don't want to tell people to stop being who they are just because they're inclusive. And sometimes that is the most easily accessible energy. Yeah, that's true. I think that people should stay true to who they are, but I think we can also always learn something too. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I think different people. So you've had um, Jack Chanick on. Yes. And he's one of my best friends. And he said that the, the polarity that just hit him in the face when he read the book, he, I think he did the introduction um, was uh, day and night. He is the most daytime person I've ever met in my entire life. He is up with the dawn. He is like, in bed before 10 and and he just he was sort of reading the ritual and 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 looking at the journal prompts and going oh i get so i think that which polarity is going to you know spark that aha moment is is very individual and it's up for each person so you know read it look at the journal prompts play around with it figure out who you are in that, you know, I, I don't think most people are going to go, Oh, it's me. I, I'm the day person the way that Jack did, but uh, you know, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> cool. Uh, so let me ask, what is a message or lesson that you hope readers will glean from your book? I think the number one thing is that I want people to be able to see themselves in the occult world. The, I, I want you, the reader, the listener, to know that you are included and that the magic that uh, you're being told about has room for you. I love that. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people out there who are not inclusive. 
And that could be a big downer and seem like a huge roadblock for some people who are seeking out um, groups to learn from. And I guess I just want to say that if you find a group that is not inclusive of who you are at your core as a person, then that's not the coven for you. That's not the group for you. And don't be discouraged because not every group is like that. And also, I want to say that not every group speaks for the entire tradition. So just because you might have found a group that is not inclusive for you does not mean that the entire tradition is like that. Very true. Very true. Yeah, something to keep in mind. <laughs> and I talk about that also in the book. I talk about what happens if you are seeking a group and you find a group that is excluding you. And I give some examples of, of things that I have experienced and that people I know have experienced. I also, I mean, I had so much fun writing this book. I had so much. I, I wrote two books in a row on spec where I was hired. Here, Here is a thing that I would like you to write. Please write this. And then, so that was, a you know, a big chunk of my life was, it's very, very challenging to do that. And I really enjoyed doing it. But then all of a sudden I was writing the book I felt like writing and I just cut loose. So I talk about my personal life. I talk about, you know, uh, I give all kinds of examples. I mean, I quote Rachel Maddow. I, I just do whatever I feel like doing and write whatever I feel like writing because I can. And it was fun. And I hope that like readers have fun with it. So I guess I should ask then, um, let's talk a little bit about some of your other work. So what what type of books can readers find for you? I mean, I know you have a plethora of books out there. <laughs> I have written 11 books and that is not counting the rewrites. So- Oh my goodness. Um, I have rewritten brand new editions of four books. So this year in addition, in 2023, in addition to writing Bending the Binary, I also wrote a brand new edition of The Way of Four, which is my book on the four elements and which was a very popular book uh, for a while. And then it went out of print and now it's back in print. And there's also with Cross Crow, and there's also a, a hardcover limited edition signed number of that. There's a few of those left um, coming out actually this week, just this week is magic of the elements, which is sort of a follow-up to the way of four. It's, it's the four elements in magic. And it's uh, also there is both a paperback and a hardcover of that. And that's just very exciting. That's also with Cross Crow. I mean, hardcovers are so pretty. And I personally, I'm one of those people who always used to carry a book around with me everywhere I went before I had a phone <laughs> to do that with. And so I always liked paperbacks because they were lighter weight. But people love hardcovers because they're so pretty. And this is, these are my first hardcover books. So it's very exciting for me. Magic of the Elements, it's all about doing elemental magic. It's doing earth spells and fire spells and air spells and water spells. There are spells in the book, but they are meant as examples. So blah, blah, blah. We talk about fire spells, blah, 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 candle magic. And here's a candle spell, blah, 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 sex magic. Here's a sex magic spell because those are both related to fire. Same with water. We, you know, here's a bath spell. The The spells are meant as examples at the end of, of lessons. And there's lots of room for you to create your own spells. And coming soon is 
I, I, early early 2024 is a brand new edition of the Elements of Ritual. It is it is the 21st anniversary of the Elements of Ritual, which was my first book and is still my most popular book. And it's completely uh, revised and rewritten. I just sent final edits actually this morning. So, you know, what's exciting about Element of Ritual is actually uh, on my Patreon. That was one of the books that we read for our book club. And people really liked that book. I really enjoyed it, too. That was my first time reading it. And I still have it sitting on my shelf. And uh, whenever people ask me for ritual type things, I'm always like, you guys should check out this book. Oh, thank you. And um, so one cool thing is that Llewellyn wanted an introduction to this new edition by somebody who had read and been influenced by the original book, which was published in 2003. So the introduction to the brand new 2024 edition of Elements of Ritual is by Thorne Mooney. Oh, it's so exciting. Isn't it? She's wonderful. That's really cool. I love that. That, Yeah, she's been on the podcast before. We had a really cool discussion. But that's also she did the, the introduction. She did the introduction because, you know, so it was one of the first books that she read. So that was just, I mean, of course, I was honored to know that. And almost like passing the torch to the next generation, except I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not going anywhere soon, Deb. You're still here uh, for yeah, us. <laughs> so I, like I said, I've written 11 books. So yeah, so I rewrote, I rewrote four books. And it's just as much work as, as uh, writing a new book almost. And I, you know, I'm sure that your listeners have heard about mirror work and shadow work. You want to do some dark, dark mirror work, try rewriting a book you wrote 20 years ago. Oh, goodness. I, I, I'm not a writer. I am not an author. But I think back to some of the first episodes that I recorded with the podcast that, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, oh, the idea of having to potentially go back and re-listen to that and, and talk about the things that I would say in a different way that I didn't know back then. It, it just sounds like a nightmare. Also, listening to your own voice, not yeah. not yeah. fun, not fun. Yeah, no. So 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 I spent like the better part of the past year doing that with different books, and it there there was pain. There was definitely pain. I'm not sure I would I, I ever want to do it again. I think if another one of my books uh, needs to be refreshed, I'll just write a new book. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's one way to do it, right? I, I, you know, I really think that, I mean, I don't know what my next book will be because I promised myself I'm, I'm doing a kind of a major ritual next week. And I promised myself I wouldn't make any big life decisions until after this ritual. But one of the things I've been toying with is going back to kind of like a Wicca 101. Nobody writes those anymore. People are, are, when I, when I started in the eighties, like you would, you would go into a bookstore and and the shelf was full of all of these books that they just seemed identical they all had different titles and different authors but they all seemed identical and they were all this sort of like a 101 but that was 40 years ago those books really aren't around much anymore and we've all learned so much more about what that what those beginner experiences are and could be and would ideally be and what a reader needs. And I feel like maybe it's time to, to speak about that again. Yeah. I think that the, 
reader who is looking for Wicca 101 books now is not the same type of person or they're not looking for the same things perhaps that readers in the 80s or 90s may have been looking for and I think that the way that these books should be approached should be a little bit more tailored to the newer generations that are reading them. I see it more as like a toolkit you know like here are your tools and we don't all the Wicca 101 books from the 80s believed in a a completely uh, made up history so we can remove that. (laughs) <laughs> check those off the list right but anyway i mentioned a few of my most recent books and but if anybody's looking for me they can go to deborahlip.com i'm on that elon musk thing and also on instagram and it's at deb Lip, deb i can't even say my own name at deb lip author and that you can find out tons about me and from time to time I actually refresh my website with new information (laughs) when I remember to uh yeah no um I have a website and I just I do not use it so (laughs) I feel you on the not refreshing things I try I try to at least hear look here's the cover of the new book here's the uh here's the next thing that I'm doing here's an event coming up here's a podcast I was on you know I try and I was, oh, I was on a podcast a few weeks ago, two days before I got COVID, and I completely forgot to promote it. I feel bad. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I was like, I'm going, I'm going to go sit in isolation and feel sorry for myself with my COVID. Oh. And I was fine. You know, I had a sore throat. It was nothing. But you still have to stay home and cancel all your fun plans. Yeah. Listen, social media promotion and just keeping and maintaining a social media presence in general is really hard. It, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of work and a lot of energy, and uh, it's not to be underestimated. It's a lot of work, and I have a day job. Yeah, same here. <laughs> oh gosh, um, but Deb, I did have one question for you as well, just to close out the episode. If you could give one piece of advice to beginner, it doesn't have to be related to anything we talked about today. What would it be? Speaking of polarity, my advice is trust yourself, but don't think you know everything. It's pretty sound advice. Yeah. I, and, and those are opposites, right? So there's a polarity energy right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you found a way to tie it back together. I love it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, I think it's so true. I mean, people don't, People, people second guess themselves in ways that are really, really harmful, but people also don't listen to teachers and teachers are, are teachers for a reason, sometimes for a very good reason. That's true. Well, thank you, Deb, so much for coming on the show. Uh, I really loved talking with you and talking about this book. Uh, I think that this is such a great resource to have out there and I definitely want to thank you for, as you said, being the first person to really write about this topic and making people out there feel included uh, and welcome. And I think that's fantastic. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for having me. This has been absolutely delightful. Of course. And as as you mentioned, uh, you can find Deb on her Instagram. You can find her on her website. If you are interested in getting into contact with me, you can find me on Instagram at Seeking Witchcraft, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Seek Witchcraft, Facebook at Seeking Witchcraft Podcast or the Facebook group, which is Seeking Witchcraft. Or finally, if you would like to help support the show, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash Seeking Witchcraft. 
So thank you all so much for listening. Deb, thank you again so much for coming on. This was such a pleasure. And I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their day or night when they are listening to this. Bye-bye. Bye. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.